Apple's Far Out event was big, big on product announcements and big on innovations. In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we'll give our two cents on the Apple Watch Ultra, the iPhone 14, the new AirPods Pro, and whatever else happened at the event. It's a big show, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Apple held its iPhone 14 event earlier this week, and we saw some big technological leaps this year. I'm just going to go in the order that Apple presented its products. So let's first talk about how Apple basically told Android users to suck it. (laughs) It was kind of a weird introduction. I wasn't expecting this whole, hey, our stuff works together great. It was pretty funny. In in a summary, we were writing about it. Like They said, like, this is something only Apple can do. And I was like, are you threatening us? Like, is that... (laughs) The whole intro was sinister in that way that in this whole thing about how they integrate together well was supposed to be this really positive thing. And it sounded more like a warning to the antitrust lawyers, like you're about to screw up everybody's life, making us interoperate or whatever. And then they had that before they did the Apple Watch, before they talked about products, they did that. They had these like letters people write to Tim Cook about how the Apple Watch saves their lives. And it's this really, really high production value thing of like the people reading their letters and they had like a set of a plane crash and all this other stuff. Like and it's supposed to be these kind of heartwarming things about like the safety features and and how that's how this health and safety stuff is like saved people. But th- there's this the implication that like you better get an Apple Watch because if this happens to you and you don't have an Apple Watch, you go and die. Like, right? <laughs> and that, that was kind of a current that ran through all of the announcements. Um, they all, all the new products, which we'll get to, you know, in the course of this podcast. But they all had this this uh, new feature called crash detection, yeah. And that works with a new accelerometer, new accelerometer, new gyroscope that you know will like if you get into a real high impact crash based on the the G forces and, and and the way it strikes your your vehicle, it'll alert emergency services and uh, I, I guess text a loved one. Is that, is that how it works? But it was like each time they were debuting a new product, they were like, oh, and it has this feature, which we hope you never have to use. But <laughs> you know, it, it, it it did always seem like, well, wait, like why do you keep bringing that up? Like, like I'm I'm not gonna like I don't want to think about dying when I'm using my Apple device. But it was a thing. Health and safety um, uh, was a it was a weird. Kind kind of undercurrent throughout that whole event which isn't a bad thing they're doing that was a great thing good work there and it's a good thing but just to start off with all of the the like yeah apple watch saved my life thing it it's a little bit self-important of apple to do that like we're the largest richest most valuable company in the world and we're great. Like it just felt weird. Like, yeah, and they, they and they've done that before, but this seemed like much more overly produced. Like they, like as Jason said, they had like sets. The the poor woman was sitting in like a in like the seat of like a of like a like a hollowed out plane, and there was like a bear walking behind the guy who survived the bear attack. That or, was or, awesome, actually. The, the bear <laughs> thing. I'm like, because because they don't show it to you the first time. Yeah, yeah. You just was kind of like lumbering in the background. <laughs> Why is, he, why is he whispering like that? That's really weird. And then it's because like there's a bear in the next room. That was funny. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed that. <laughs> so there was that opening. And then uh, they got into the watches. 
the new Apple Watches. So they talked about the uh, Series 8 and the new SE that uh, kind of was like, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Big whoop. Yeah, there's not much there. Um, well, the aforementioned crash detection. Well, they started is on, with the, is on all of them. The Series Eight, yeah, and the new hardware is there's two bits of new hardware. There's a new accelerometer and gyroscope. Just they those exist current ones. It's just a better one. So I think it's the third gen because the second gen was in the Series Four when they added the fall detection and stuff. That was a new that was a new accelerometer gyroscope that was more sen- like eight times more sensitive or something. So now it's another like however many times more sensitive and can do higher G-forces and now can do car crashes. Uh, And then the other bit of hardware is a temperature sensor. There's two, one up underneath the screen and one down against your skin. And as far as I can tell, this wasn't necessarily clear from the presentation. It only checks your temperature like continuously every few seconds while you're sleeping with it. Yeah, I think that's, that's the impression I think, that I got. That's yeah, I, yeah, I got to dive into that too, but I think that's correct because yeah. I guess that would be yeah. when it's the steadiest. Whereas you know, if you're running or you know, distress or whatever it is, or you just change to outside to inside, like it's going to change. Yeah, I mean that's why they have two temperature sensors is to help eliminate like, well, what's the temperature outside and how's that impacting it? But like the temperature on the skin and the top of your wrist is not steady enough to get a good body temp out of right so that that i think it just helps them make it more accurate it's it's not just gonna give you like here's your body temperature it's gonna it's about body temperature trends and they're tying it into the uh, cycle tracking stuff so that they can say hey we think you just ovulated it'll tell you after you know because your temperature over the last few days changed or whatever so it, it doesn't seem like it does anything else. I'm sure you can open the health app and just see your sort of temperature history. But if you're not a person who ovulates or you just don't use their cycle tracking or anything, if you have all that turned off, then I think that's all it is. It's just going to be a curiosity where you go through and go, oh, that's that was my temperature has been. Yeah, like you'll, right, you'll be able to see it. Yeah, and you can find that data in the health app. But like, the the, the useful the useful bit seems to be uh, in in conjunction with cycle traction, menstruation, and, and ovulation. I'm gonna speculate that that's just where they're at now. I think yeah. they have this I sensor, agree with her, and I think as they do more training with machine learning and stuff like that, they'll be able to pop up an alert that says, "Hey, you may want to check your temperature. You may be getting sick." Yeah, or something like that. Like as you get up in the morning or something. Apple's just super cautious with this Mm -hmm. type of stuff. Like they don't just throw, you know, a bunch of uh, alerts at you that may or may not be accurate and say, oh, you know, this happened, this changed. Like they test it over years. They make sure that it's actually giving you accurate information. So this makes sense that this is, you know, the one thing that they know for sure is accurate. And I think that's why they do it. I don't, I don't know what the right word is for this. They they do it after they tell you you may have just ovulated instead of predicting ahead of time. Like it, it for your for your period on cycle tracking, it tells you, you your period should be starting soon, stuff like that. They don't tell you you should be ovulating soon based on your last several months of whatever, right? Because that could be yeah that can open up this whole can of worms for people who are think that they're safe when they're not trying to conceive. Exactly right, things, right. Yeah, so they kind of leave it up to the person to make that judgment call. 
next month. <laughs> yes. And then, but it tells you that you may have just, and it says may, like I was looking at the interface stuff and everything. They also went into, and I just wanted to repeat it for our audience that there's been a lot of talk about this kind of thing being used against women in the wake of some of these new laws about abortion and so on. The government can't get at this. Apple can't get at this. Right. All the stuff is encrypted. It's on your device and it's encrypted. The key is on your device and yep. nobody has it but you. So and and they you can, did that you can out. choose to share it if you want, but that's that's sure. it. It stops yeah. there. But they pointed that out that like you know, nobody nobody can get at this. They didn't go so far as to say like the government can't pull your cycle data or anything like that. But <laughs> that was sort of the implication is that this data is not leaving your phone unless you make it leave. Just to clarify, it is during sleep. Like that's it. From what I can from everything I'm reading says like that's that's when it works during sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's really like, that's it. That's the new Series 8 feature. The screens are the same. The colors are basically the same. They're a little different, but they're essentially the same. The, you know, all the other features and sensors are are, are the same. It's just the battery life's the same. It's, it's just this one sensor and the crash detection. That's it. So yeah, it's, it's accelerometers and stuff, uh, which may uh, be used in something else in the future. But for now, it's crash detection. We thought that the Series Seven was kind of eh when it came out. Yeah, with the with the larger screen and fast charging or faster charging, but yeah. this one, this is even less so of a of an upgrade for for most people. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's very much in the same sort of boat. It's it's one relatively minor upgrade that's not going to make a big deal for people and isn't worth upgrading for. So I kind of feel like if you have a six, there's no reason to go out and get a seven or an eight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's probably true. I mean, maybe if you have a six, you might be, you know, if you want to upgrade, fine. But if you're happy with your six, there's absolutely no reason to. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing, nothing major has happened since the six it, in in the regular Apple Watch. And then the Apple Watch SE was even more, more. So. Jeez, I don't even know why they came out with the new one. It's it's exactly it's exactly the same, the same. exactly as the current SE, except it has. The S8 SIP, which I think is the same as the 6. It's, it's the, the same as the S7, which was the same as the S6. Yeah, as far as we can so tell. So, Apple said same. it was it was 20% faster than the, the the old SE, which had the S5. Right. So, first of all, no one's going to see that. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. 20% is, you know, it's not insignificant, but it's certainly not enough yeah. to upgrade. But they didn't change the screen. It doesn't have the always-on display. It doesn't have... ECG. It doesn't have blood uh, oxygen or temperature. It has the new gyroscope for crash detection. Yeah. So that's what it's got. It's got the new chip and the new gyroscope. The main thing though is that its price came down a little. It's two starts at two forty nine instead of two seventy nine. So I I made a call on Twitter before the event saying I think what's going to happen is they're going to drop the three, but they're going to lower the price of the SE a little. So it's going to be like the SE is cheaper, but Getting into an Apple Watch is more expensive. And that's exactly what ended up happening. There's no 199 option, even though we always told you don't get that three. <laughs> but but it's just not an option anymore. 249 is a great price. Yeah. You know, honestly, you're not missing a whole lot. It, well, the always on display is such a sticking point for me. But other than that, it's 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 a really good watch. But yeah. man, I wish it had the always on display. <laughs> That's the one thing because, you know, most of the day you're wearing it and you're not, it's not raised and it's just a blank nothing on your wrist. Speaking of always on display, there's, that's a good segue into 
uh, before we get to talk about the, the biggest Apple Watch. They talked about an upgrade to low power mode where the new low power mode will turn off a few features, but still do most of the stuff your watch does. Anyway, so here's what low power turns off. It turns off the Wi-Fi connection to your watch. So it's Bluetooth only, but they warn you that notifications may be delayed. Uh, it turns off background heart rate measurements. So you won't get heart rate notifications like your heart rates high or irregular rhythm notifications. You won't get those and you won't get blood oxygen measurements. But that's it. That's what it turns off. Well, and the always on display, which is the, yeah, the most obvious that to, at least to see it. But you can still start on, um, it, it won't automatically detect a workout, but you can still start your workouts and do all that stuff. And you still get your notifications pop up and all that other kind of stuff. And, you know, it's going to extend your battery life a lot. <laughs> like I, yep. I think most people are going to get three days with that. So I think there's a significant number of people who will turn that on. And the exciting thing for me is that is a feature of everything. What, what did they say from the four? Up? Series four and later, which is interesting because the series four doesn't even have an always on display, but series yeah. four and later. So um, yeah, but that's when they also, made a big leap to a totally new processor and sensors and everything else. The four was like this, like we're reinventing the Apple watch. Um, so yeah, that's, that's huge. That's that to me, that was a big deal because that's out in watch OS nine Right away, I, I turned it on. I've got the, the release candidate beta thing. Yep, it's there. Turn it on. It's, <laughs> it's strange to me, and I don't know, maybe you have an insight. Why not announce that at WWDC as part of Watch, Watch OS 9? Why'd they wait to now? It's possible. It's possible it wasn't just going to be ready, but it's also one of those things that sometimes Apple announces a software feature that's kind of for everything, but they announce it in the middle of announcing a product so it looks like it's a feature of that product okay and i'm that it kind of felt like that too so i don't, I don't know where it where it landed with that but but the good news is all your existing apple watches will get this feature and it's it's pretty neat <laughs> so after apple announced the series 8 and the new se uh apple revealed the big Apple Watch that Apple that has been kind of rumored for the past few days or months or months or whatever. Yeah, it's been a while. It's not called the Apple Watch Pro. It's called the Apple Watch Ultra. I kind of like it. Um, Ultra makes a lot of sense here because it feels like ultra marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Like extreme would have been too much. (laughs) It's too nineties. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Pro makes it sound like it's like a professional device. Like it doesn't make sense with the iPhone Pro and the MacBook Pro. Apple Watch Ultra is just just perfect. It's a big honking. It's a big boy. Apple Watch Series Eight. That it's it's big. Yeah. And man, it has a ton of stuff. I don't even understand most of it. But it has a lot inside it. I like they just kept going and said, "Oh, and it also has this and this, you know, MR nine seven sixty three clarification." Like I, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about half the time. But it has a lot of features that those the people that it's geared for really care about. I, I was looking on some um, discussion boards, Garmin discussion boards, and you know, people seem super excited about it. I would be a little bit concerned if I was one of them, one of those watchmakers. Basically, it's just it's it's a series eight guts inside a big 
a titanium 49 millimeter case where the glass on top is flat and the, the case comes all the way up to just the, the tiniest bit higher than the glass so that it protects the edges of the glass so an edge hit won't crack your glass. And then they added a button on the left side they call the action button. And it's like this bright orange, like the big safety orange. They, they, they called it, it's like the international safety orange color or something. But it's meant to be pressed with like gloves on and stuff. And every app gets to say like, what does that action button do? App developers get to control what does this action button do? And that's, you know, helpful because whether you're diving or winter sports or something like that, those kind of gloves, like there's plenty of gloves that'll work on a touchscreen, but not those big old honking, like I'm um, snow skiing gloves, like, you know, so it's, it's meant for you to be able to press those things. They made the crown, this big gnarly thing and stuff, you know, there's uh, like a whole ledge that it sits in with the button. Like it, it, it protrudes from the side of the watch. Yeah, it's waterproofing is up to 100 meters instead of 50. And then it's like certified as a dive watch down to 40 meters. And like there's software for diving that does your dive computer stuff. And there's changes to all the uh, running stuff. And it's, it's, I was surprised by how much software work they did. I thought it was going to be mostly just like the Apple Watch stuff. And then third party people can do what they want, but like the main difference was going to be this big case and big battery. And they did a lot of software stuff to make it. I mean, they, they showed people like using it on like climbing Mount Everest or whatever mountain they were climbing and, you know, super extreme cold conditions. And you turn the dial and like there's like a night mode that turns everything red so you can see it's It's very well thought out and very, you know, uh, I think it'll sell. And I, I was we were talking before. Yeah, well, we were talking as as they were introducing it. We were chatting on Slack. Like I was as high as like this is going to be like twelve hundred dollars because they kept introducing more features. It's 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 only cellular. It's it's raw titanium, forty nine millimeters, and it has this certification and that certification, and you can dive with it. And they kept going on and on and on. And then they're like, oh, it's it's seven ninety nine. It's like wow, that's actually like pretty reasonable. Like the large Series Eight with cellular isn't that much cheaper like what's a large series what's the large size series eight with cellular cost uh well it's it's 600 right so it's 399 plus 100 i don't know four i'm sorry 429 plus 100 so 529 the 45 millimeter cellular aluminum okay is is 529 but the series 7 edition which was titanium right and cellular that was 900 so this is okay. cheaper than that with a bigger screen and a ton of stuff. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's a bigger everything. It's just yeah, huge. It's bigger everything. Yeah. So it, I was I couldn't believe how like I thought at least a thousand maybe yeah, even when like they announced that price. I was like, yeah. they are gonna sell. Yeah, they are really aggressive with the pricing on this. Uh it comes with three uh, a one of three special bands, one made for divers, one made for extreme cold stuff and one made for like uh endurance athletes like ultra marathoners and stuff uh but it will fit the large size current bands the 45 millimeter bands and stuff will fit yeah i you know it, I'm, I'm i'm watching this presentation go on and on and i'm like none of this is for me at all 
but it's really cool. Like if you're one of these people, you're loving this. This is and really neat. you know, it's a it's a larger community than we think, because Garmin has built their entire um, their entire business model around that. You know, it's it's there's a there's a large community, no pun intended, that 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 wants these watches. And yeah, this is it's it's a smart play by Apple, and real aggressive at pricing. Really aggressive. Um, the one thing it has that I'm jealous about is the uh, it has dual GPS. It has L1 and L5 dual GPS, which is there's a couple of phones out there, the Android phones out there that have and stuff. It really does make your GPS really precise, especially in urban jungle situations where you get like a lot of reflection off buildings. But even just in general, you get GPS down to like a couple of feet and it's really accurate. Mm-hmm. A little dumb. I wish they had that on all the like the Series 8. That would have been a nice update to the Series 8 or something. One of the features they announced in the Apple Watch Ultra part that I think is actually coming to all the watches in WatchOS 9 is this trail thing where you um you can mark locations on the trail and it will kind of do a breadcrumbs using GPS of like how to get back and everything. That they should have called neat. it. They should have called it Hansel mode or Gretel mode or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Another one of those things where they'll have a, a, a montage of letters about how it saved somebody's life in another year or two. Yeah, because among some of those features, as we were talking about the whole fear factor thing at the beginning of the show, kind of fed into that. So like, there's. An ability now to play, like, is it an 83 decibel? 86. Siren? Get 86. it right, kids. 86 <laughs> decibels. I don't, I don't know what that means, but it sounds like it's really loud. <laughs> pretty loud. That's pretty loud. The Apple Watch Ultra has 36 hours of battery life, and this new optimization thing uh, can get you to 60, which is like five days. So, that's, that's something. Like, now we're talking. You know, it's a big watch, and you have to, you know, so like, I don't think that's going to come to the 45 millimeter series eight, but it's getting there. Like, it's slowly getting there where it's, you know, where with low power mode, the ultra, like, you know, we need a watch that lasts like three to five days, three to four days, and, you know, they're getting closer. So that's, so that's, that's a, that's a good thing. I'm willing to bet a series five or later watch with the new low power mode will legitimately get three or more days for a lot of people. Like right now they say all day and it's like 18 hours or something like that. But I, I get better than that. I mean, but I'm not doing a lot of music streaming and I, my workout recording is like less than an hour a day. And you know, so it's not, I'm not pushing it. I I have a feeling that if I turned on that mode, I would definitely get three days or more. Uh, So Apple also announced the new AirPods Pro. It was nice uh, when, like, when the event started. Tim Cook's like, "All right, you're gonna, we're gonna do these three products." <laughs> so, as 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 journalist, it was like, "Okay, good. Like, you do this, I do this, and you do this. We're done." <laughs> and it's been what more than two years since the release three, of- almost three years, more than two, almost three. Yeah, it was October of 2019 when they came. Basically out. three, yeah. So yeah, these new AirPods they have. Is it proper to say the, the spatial uh, audio? Is well, it, you can you can like customize it now for your for how you want to hear stuff. Yep, that is a um, that's an iOS 16 feature and not an AirPods Pro two or second gen feature. Anything that has spatial audio 
Oh, is that right? iOS 16, you can go make a personal. So that's another one that they that they held off. Oh, yeah, they, and they, they actually they totally made it seem like it was an AirPods Pro feature. Yeah, if you listen carefully, they do mention how it's like an, an iOS 16 thing, but yeah, they slipped it in there. <laughs> so this takes a you take a picture of your ear. Is that am I understanding how that works correctly? Yeah, um, we'll have a little how to on the site uh, shortly about it. But uh, the way it works is there's a menu setting for it in your men in your AirPods menu where you do all the you know transparency mode and stuff like that. Uh, you start off very much like setting up Face ID. You stare at the little circle and you turn your head around, and then it says like hold your phone with the screen facing your right ear, and it plays a little tone when you get it in lined up, you know, and then it goes ding when it's done. It, it tells you like, we'll play a little tone when it's done. So it like plays a little beep. It makes a little click beeping sound when you get it lined up and then it goes ding. And then you move it to your left ear and you do the same thing. It, it basically wants your face ID sort of 3d scan of your head <laughs> and then a close up of each ear. And then, yeah, it's going to use that to make spatial audio to tweak it so that it sounds better for your head shape and ear shape and stuff. And it's also, I mean, that, that, that's the big thing, which now I realize isn't even an AirPods Pro thing. Um, the case is, the case is different. Um, it has like a little, little notch for like a keychain. Yep. Um, it Long has a overdue. speaker. Yeah. Way over. Yeah, seriously. It has a, a, a speaker so you can find it. Like if it's, you know, if your iPads are missing inside the case, you can, you know, play a little play a sound so you can find it. And, um, that's it. I was going to say USB-C, but it doesn't have USB-C. It still has lightning. Still has, has lightning. Um, you can charge it with your Apple Watch. That that was the charging thing that they uh, – the Apple Watch charger, not your Apple, Apple Watch. Watch. <laughs> yeah, that'd be neat. <laughs> um, so, not really a redesign. Uh, it looks like pretty they, I don't much, even think they changed it all. Yeah, it looks very similar. I don't even they think they're shorter or slimmer or anything. The little stem thing that has the little squeeze sensor – it's now a touch sensor, so you yeah, can that's pretty cool. And it's like a, it's like a, the ti- the world's tiniest trackpad. <laughs> it probably only tracks swiping up and down, but like that's to adjust the volume. Uh, that's I've never liked a little squeezing the stems. Yeah, a lot of people. I've don't. always felt like that moves this the headphone in my ear. So I don't know how much I'm gonna like this versus just adjusting the volume with my phone or watch. But it's there. It's new. There's. A new H2 chip, and that's going to improve noise cancellation. They say double the noise canceled of the old AirPods Pro. The transparency feature is adjusted so that like when you're using transparency mode, but you get like a loud noise, like construction or something, it'll actually block that sound. Mm-hmm. But, but keep like transparency on. Yeah, right. yeah, automatically, but keep transparency on. That's a huge deal because transparency noise mode, that can really hurt when you go near construction or something because it's piping in outdoor sound you know and then all of a sudden um and then there's like a new driver and stuff like that that they think is going to be better and uh no no lossless which jason you've said all along wasn't happening and it would be ridiculous and unnecessary if it did and oh battery uh, um slightly six better battery hours life. six a good amount because six hours of battery life that is the same as the third gen airpods but it's the old AirPods Pro was four and a half. So it's a good third more than the old AirPods Pro. And the case goes up to 30 hours. Again, like the third gen AirPods, but a good, you know, the old was 24, I think, for the old AirPods Pro. So a decent amount more battery life. 
What was the price of the new AirPods? Still two forty nine. Yeah, same price two forty nine. You could get AirPods Pro under two hundred dollars really easily lately, like for the last year or so. Yeah, one one eighty. It went down as low as an Amazon. And you're not going to find these for that price for a while. I bet over Black Friday you get them down for two twenty, two hundred maybe. Uh, we'll see. Will. I'm gonna uh, if someone remember this. I'm 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 gonna owe okay. Jason five dollars if they're not they're- if they're not <laughs> down there by Black Friday. It will yeah. be at or near. I'm gonna say mm, I'm gonna go two nineteen. I don't think you'll find them from less than ten dollars off, and they're gonna be back ordered. Oh, and there's an extra small ear tip. That one's just for me and my tiny head <laughs> and my tiny ears. Thank you very much, Apple. What was the other thing that was? Oh, the other thing I thought that was interesting about it, and this is just me being a geek about it, is it does support Bluetooth five point three, which um, and so do the new iPhones, all the iPhone 14s. Everything else Apple's ever done has been Bluetooth 5.0 only. There's doesn't appear to be any feature that requires any of this yet. Like there's no, it's not doing anything differently. If you've got like an iPhone 14, it, it works with all, does all the same stuff with all your old iPhones. It seems like future proofing. I, I feel like we've seen a lot of features added to AirPods Pro over the years. And I think we're going to start seeing features added to the second gen AirPods Pro over the next few years that are mm-hmm. based on the fact that it supports Bluetooth 5.3 and like LE audio and stuff like that. Things that are things that are will come with that at, at some point in the future. But for now, though I I really missed the call that it would do anything different or interesting with the new iPhones. It it doesn't appear to have anything that's specifically new iPhone related. So just one one word of caution to our listeners. If you are thinking of shopping for AirPods Pro this holiday season, there are probably going to be a lot of the older ones in the channel still. So you want to make sure yes. you're getting the ones that you want. Maybe you do want the older ones. But if you're looking for the newer ones, you gotta you gotta keep your eye out because I, I hear so many stories of people going, I, "I thought I was buying this when the new one comes out," and mm-hmm. yep. because they thought they were getting a really good deal, but it turns out they got the old ones. So, uh, and then we got into the new iPhones, starting with the iPhone 14 and the iPhone 14 Plus. I think I think Plus works here. Um, they yes. use Plus, you know, iPhone seven, iPhone eight. Had the iPhone and the iPhone Plus. Um, I think it's a smart way to bring it back. And it also leaves that Max, which is with the Max chip, still very much associated with higher end stuff now. Mm-hmm. Not just necessarily bigger. So, I, I plus, plus makes a lot of sense to me. So, it's iPhone 14 comes in 6.1 and now 6.7. And there's no mini. You can still get the iPhone. The, iPhone, the 13, 13 mini stick mini around. I, that was a little surprising. I thought they would get rid of that. They did not. It's uh, seven ninety nine for the iPhone fourteen. Didn't get a price increase like we thought we might. Mm-hmm. Six ninety nine for the iPhone thirteen, the six point one inch version. Five ninety nine for the iPhone thirteen mini, and f- also five ninety nine for the iPhone twelve, which gets a little confusing. Yeah, that's weird that they still even have that. Yeah, or like, well, make it five uh, forty nine or something. Like, there's like it's the exact same price. And was it a hundred more for the plus? Right. Yeah. That was another one that there were rumors that it would be nine ninety nine, and it's only, it's only it's still a lot, but it's eight ninety nine. Well, yeah, yeah no nine twenty nine without the carrier. No price stuff. increases on everything, anything except I 
do want to bring up that like our international readers and stuff have pointed out that like prices on in like the UK and in uh, Europe and st- stuff like that are higher. Part of that is exchange rates are whack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They've gone crazy, but just the, and, and Apple doesn't constantly adjust prices with exchange rates. So like now that there's a new product with a new price, things are higher. Yeah. In some places, in some cases, quite a bit. A couple hundred uh, pounds in, yeah, uh, can be. in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. So not a price increase, but also, yes, a price increase. So yeah, what's, I mean, iPhone 14, it, it's got the A15 in it, but it's the version that was in the Pro, like we right. expected. Yeah, so five cores, five core GPU. Five core GPU. Other than that, no difference. Um, yeah. Same same display, no promotion, no like promotion light that there were some rooms that it would get like a 90 hertz screen that didn't happen. It's still 60. Right. Nothing like that. Uh, same exact display as far as we can tell. Yeah. Um, better battery life and a better cooling system. Cameras. The, it's the wide camera from the iPhone 13 Pro, meaning it, it's a larger sensor. Uh and it a is, wider aperture, I believe. And a wider, right? yeah. I think it's f one point five. Is it f one point six or something like that? So that'll be better in low light. But it's the same ultra wide as the old iPhone thirteen, not the Pro. The Pro had a different ultra wide with a wider aperture and macro. This does not have the wide aperture and macro. Yeah, you, you don't have macro. Um, no, no macro mode on the iPhone fourteen. But it does have a new front facing camera with a wider aperture and autofocus. So they cameras like this mismatch of like it's the pro this one and the not pro that one from before and then a totally new front one and then they have this some new software stuff that they call the photonic engine which is some new a new processing pipeline that is only on the new phones and we're not sure why they can't do it on iphone 13 if this has an a15 as well yeah, it's like it's like Deep Fusion 2.0. So you know, details are are sharper and crisper, and yeah. there's more um, computational stuff going on in the background that you know. Yeah, makes, they explained it as like they're sharper. doing a lot of the Deep Fusion stuff early in the photo pipeline on all the raw data before it gets later in the pipeline when it's been whatever. They say it's like twice the detail and low lighting, but it works on all the cameras, but it's not there on the iPhone 13s. It's only on the iPhone 14s. And then cinematic mode gets a boost to 4K and it gets a 24 frame per second mode if you want it, Um, but it goes up to 4K 30. And what's the other thing? Oh, action mode. This was one of the ones I actually thought was cool. I'm looking forward to this. It's it action mode is while you're recording video, you can turn on a thing that does like super stabilization. I mean, yeah, it, it, they're all good, all good features. But if you have a 13, I wouldn't rush out to upgrade. Yeah, I mean, that's often the advice we give. Last year's phone. Yeah, this seemed even even, even less so. But yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah, that's it. Um, same price. Um, new color is blue, I think, and purple. Right? I think those two are new. There, colors this year were kind of me. Like they're okay. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing that exciting. There's, there's, so yeah, blue, purple, and then the, the usual midnight starlight, um, space gray, I guess. Maybe not. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> starlight, I think. I don't remember. Gold. I don't know. There's this, they, 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 they're all the same. They just call differently. 
They have like seven grays and six six blacks. <laughs> so yeah, the blue and it's like a powder blue, and the purples. It's really kind of like the purple. Sierra blue from the Pro this year. Very similar shade. Yeah. So it's Midnight and Starlight, which are their their whitish and blackish colors, and product red. Then we have the iPhone 14 Pro and the iPhone 14 Pro Max. And as expected, that's where all the good stuff is. Like we we ex- we ex- totally expected that. The one thing that has created the most buzz from this announcement is this new feature called Dynamic Island. Yeah, can I tell you, man, that was that's like the coolest interface I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like it is. So they first they put the they put the slide up. They show you the bar. It's just a bar, and they call that Dynamic Island. And and I like I like I literally laughed because. It seemed like such a ridiculous thing. Yeah, like, like what are you right. talking about? So they have, the, as we thought, like a little where all the true depth module stuff is. They they made it smaller, and there's a hole in a pill, and they connected them with by blacking out the screen between. Right, them. and it kind like, of floats uh, below the top of the screen. It's not. Yeah. It's not a notch anymore. It's and a- they called that dynamic island. And I was like watching. I was watching MKBHD's video about the things and he's like because he was in the audience he's like and the audience giggled as soon as they said straight up funny because like yeah because yeah. like they 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 took their cut like, out and gave it a name you named it yeah <laughs> right and then they started explaining what it does and you're like oh yeah and it's i tell you man whoever came up with that it's it's brilliant like there's no other word for it is absolutely brilliant I, it's been a while since I've seen Apple do such a cool yes, UI thing as this. Yes. I guess the only way I can explain it is a lot of your alerts and notifications and little things that said you had a background thing going on are now that that little pill dynamically like grows and shrinks and shows you what you're doing. If you have a timer growing, the pill just like grows wider and has like a little timer icon and like your countdown. And if you have background music playing, it has like the album art, the little thing, and you can tap it to jump to that, or you can press and hold it and it opens up like a, like a big dynamic notification, but it's just at the top of your screen. You don't have to pull down your whole notification shade. Face IDs up there now. Um, it's just, it's, it's yeah, all your it's, little it's, alerts, it's like awesome. your headphones awesome. being connected and stuff. It's, you have all these cool little animations, but, um, Somebody brought up this thing that like when you have multiple things going on, like let's say you're playing music in the background and you're, you've got a timer going and something else in the, in the background, it'll split and show like these multiple things, but then you can tap them to jump to them. So it's all, now you've almost got like a multitasking bar, you know, where you can get to what is my background thing going on. Just by like either tapping it or pressing and holding and getting a little pop down window, it was really brilliant. And and they were right when they said like this is going to become an iconic thing that you iPhones will be known for this for having this thing. Yeah, I mean I've been I've been using Android phones for five years with hole punches in them. Samsung, Google, this, and you know they've done things like there's like a little ring around the Pixel and. Nothing like this. <laughs> like, this is yeah. so cool. <laughs> Nobody just looked at it and said, "Like, but, but what if we just take this bad thing and make it a feature? Make it right. You made good. it. You turned it. You turned a drawback into into a feature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It takes a special eye for someone Absolutely. to see that go. Yeah. 
everyone. But what if it was good? You know, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's actually a UI element. Yeah, it's yeah absolutely. UI anchor. Yeah, and and and, and, and seemingly in a, a pretty important one. Like based on what the demo was, like it's you're really going to use it. Yeah, we always used to argue about like the notch is okay. It's really more screen up on the sides, and we would like you and you don't notice it anyway. We'd make all these like. I don't want to say excuses, but you always thought of it as in a different way. You always thought of it like a like, but it's not really as bad as it seems, you know, and this isn't that you don't even think of it that way. It's no longer of a it's not as bad as it seems because it's like a critical and useful interface element. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's just remarkable. Like, again, back to Android, like LG has tried to do things like this with like bars and, and Samsung has had like floating interface elements and. Like this thing just seems so natural and fluid and and crisp and just helpful. It's just oh yeah, it's just so clever. They pointed out that there is um, a framework for developers. It's tied into the what do they call live activities, which are not shipping right away in iOS 16. They're coming in an update, but it's that that's their sort of like live notifications um, framework. So you'll get third party right. Right out of the gate, all of Apple's stuff will support this thing, but you'll be able to have third-party apps as long as they do some sort of background thing or pop up a notification toast to do this. So I'm your Domino tracker, like you're going to order Domino's and <laughs> or, or uh, pizza, and and you're going to have a little Domino icon up there. Then you can press and hold it to get a like. Well, how far away is my pizza? <laughs> it's gonna like be. they showed they showed like a baseball score and it's like oh my god that's brilliant like it's just like little 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 icons on the score that appeared and then disappeared it's like man so good <laughs> yeah so these are those are the kind of things that yeah it's pretty it is pretty brilliant i'm, I'm pretty excited about that so the one thing i was wondering about it is is this gonna be at least for the foreseeable future just a, a pro Level yeah, I think so. My, my guess is, the phones. you know how they kind of do two-year cycles before they make a big design change. So this year and next year's pros will probably only have this thing. Yeah. But I wonder the degree to which we will see this on Macs. Or iPads. What about the iPad Pro? Yeah, they put the they put the camera out in the, in the bezel. It's in the, the bezel, yeah. Now, but maybe they don't. Or maybe it's and just maybe it's just an interface element that you can turn on and off, and it doesn't have it's not related to the camera per se. Or yeah, as you say, they can make the bezels even smaller. And but I can, can see in there. how MacBook Pros, which put the camera there and have a notch that's way too big, like they made the true depth stuff smaller. Did they also make it thinner? Are they going to be able to put this in a MacBook Pro? Are they going to put it in a MacBook Pro, and then all your little notification toasts and stuff will go there? God, God, I hope so. That'd be so yeah, cool. We, 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 uh, Roman may or may not be working on a story about that very thing. <laughs> but yeah, on the Mac, it would, I mean, it's I mean, basically the like the touch bar, but in a visible place and like way more useful. <laughs> yeah, way more useful on, yeah. up there. And they already have a notch. This would be better than the notch. This would be yeah. Please do this on Mac. Please, please MacBook Pro. Uh, I'd 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 get rid of the one I have and buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only improvement in the screen. Of course, uh, it also has an always-on display, which is, as rumored, drops the refresh rate down to one hertz, dims your dims your background, but doesn't make it go away, and it still has color and stuff. It's just dimmer, and then your your 
time and your uh, widgets, your iOS 16 widgets and stuff are always visible in your notifications and stuff. So it really is just kind of like your whole screen, but just dimmer and better contrast that you can glance over. Yeah, it, it doesn't update. Like some stuff doesn't update as often. Like, for example, the the timer, like it won't be 222, 221, 220. I just say two and then I'll go down to one. But um, yeah, it looks like. Uh, it's you actually know, just uh, like Apple Watch. Yeah, exactly right. I was just gonna say that. Like it looks like they just used that system and brought it to the to the phone. It's it's a great you know, I I want it always on display now for I think coming really up four years. Because so uh, that is the Apple Watch complications is the system they use to let developers make widgets on the always lock screen. It's it's like the same stuff you would do to make a complication on Apple Watch is what you do to make a widget. So yeah, I I, I think it's cool. Uh, it's also brighter. The screen goes yeah, up two, to two thousand max nits. That's, yeah, that's sixteen hundred nits is the peak brightness on HDR content, and then it has like a crank up to two thousand outdoors, which is a new thing. Um, it, it used to not have a mode where outdoors it can crank higher than whatever the peak HDR brightness is, right? So you're you're getting like a jump from so like twelve hundred to to uh two thousand for like your brief outdoor viewing samsung's done this for a while and it's awesome like and i'm glad to see apple do I'm, i can't wait to try this out because man when you're in bright sun it's still hard to see your screen yeah 2000 like you could be on the surface of the sun and still make out that's, some things that's, <laughs> that's, that's uh, really bright <laughs> that's apple watch territory in fact that's higher than regular apple watch the ultra does go to 2000 as well um so yeah that is that is cranked up <laughs> that's a that's a good bright outdoor sun display and probably like the Samsung ones has a limit of only doing that for a minute or two. Um, and then it cranks down because that makes it gets your phone real hot, real fast. Yeah. That's it for the display, isn't it? I think otherwise it's the same. Well, L- it's LPTO. Except for all the difference. It's the yeah. same. Yeah. It, well, it so uses the that, first that LPTO tech from the Apple watch to bring it down to one Hertz. So it doesn't kill your battery for the always on display stuff. Yeah. The 13 pro is an LPTO display. It's just, this is just a better one. Um, and it's got a new display engine and stuff. Yeah. The pro was, I think 10 Hertz and this goes down to one Hertz, I think. So like that, but yeah, yeah. The, the display is it, it's, it's going it's going to look, different and it's going to act different it's it's a big upgrade and then uh, the cameras, yeah the camera is the other big one so the main camera is a 48 megapixel mm-hmm. camera now yeah a quad pixel which makes sense 12 times 4 mm-hmm. with a different uh pixel sub pixel arrangement it's not the regular bayer filter and stuff kind of interesting how it, it's a 12 megapixel camera for everyone always they're they're doing a lot of their behind the scenes processing at 48 megapixels, but it's just, you're just going to get 12 megapixel photos unless you shoot pro roll. Then you can get a 48 megapixel photo out of it. But it does have a, it, it will give you a lot more detail. It's almost like built in anti-aliasing. It'll give you a lot more detail and low light performance. And they said something like two and a half times better low light performance and because it, one, it's a huge sensor. It's like 60 something percent bigger, but plus they have that photonic engine stuff and everything. So yeah, big upgrade to the main camera. Plus uh, it adds a feature of giving you a 2X zoom by just using the center 12 megapixels of that 48 megapixel camera. 
So you get an optical 2x, and then you have an optical 3x by switching to the telephoto key. Yeah. So on, on the 13, it's one. It goes from one point five to one to three. Now it'll go point five one two three. Which honestly, like I use my phone to to record baseball games that my son plays, and I like the two is going to be helpful because three is too much and one's too little. <laughs> like you know, a lot of people. Good. A lot of yeah. people said that when they switched to three, a lot of people were like, "Wow, I'm glad we have better zoom in." But also, I kind of miss two, and when I back out, it doesn't look as clean. Yeah. You know, anytime you're not right on the line there, you're scaling stuff. Uh, the ultra wide still has an f2.2 aperture, but it's apparently a new sensor that's more sensitive to light and will give you better photos compared to the the 13 Pro. It, it, the old ultra wide on the 13 Pro was actually a wider aperture. It was f1.8. Mm-hmm. That's true. But and this so this is a narrow aperture, but it's because they made a bigger sensor. So it's like a bigger sensor that captures more light and you'll get better ultra wide and it still does the macro uh the one thing we didn't get which was somewhat shocking is astrophotography mode which everyone had to just assumed based on the far outness of the invitation yeah that one was like this is coming and no we don't i mean now you can point your iphone at the sky if you'd like but there's no guarantee you're gonna get anything <laughs> it, it's other than that still got all the same stuff that you get in the iphone 14 the the photonic engine, the cinematic mode improvements, the action mode, other no other improvements. But it's it's a quality improvement thing that I think is what everyone's aiming at with this. A telephoto lens, I believe, is identical. That hasn't changed at all. Yeah. So that'll have to wait. Rumors are the iPhone 15 will have a periscope lens and really focus on that that zoom stuff. But uh, right now, you know, it's it's still 15x digital. 3x optical and they said uh they just mentioned this offhand that they have a sensor shift optical image stabilization in the 13 pro there's a second generation sensor shift i don't know what that means they didn't say <laughs> it's just it's better i don't know more 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 censored more shifty new colors purple yeah yeah, uh, silver gold, deep purple, which I think looks much better it's, than the it's light. It's not purple. all that deep. I do too, but it's not like I want like <laughs> deep, uh, like yeah, like really deep purple. Like, like this, the like, color, the color of the purple from within the camera, squircle. That's a good dark purple. Yeah. Oh, and there's space black now. Yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna get. I haven't had a black phone in a while. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go with that. I usually just go with that because it matches whatever, and you put a case on it anyway. Um, A16 is also only on the Pro. Uh, sounds to me, they, they talked a lot about it. They talked about how like uh, it's got four, four nanometer and they threw out some numbers. It sounds like they took the A15, they built it on four nanometer so they can clock it a little higher. This is Apple's first four nanometer chip, Jason. Yeah, and four nanometer kind of doesn't exist. It's more yeah. of a marketing term. It's like, yeah. it's like an advanced five nanometer thing that has mm-hmm. some layers at, at an optical shrink the whole nanometers of your manufacturing process is such a weird marketing thing because there's so many different ways to measure it there's so many parts of the process of manufacturing a chip what are you measuring what's it about does it really you know don't get too caught up on it it sounds like the a16 is an overclocked a15 (laughs) is what it sounds like to me everything's the same except the image Signal processor is probably totally new. And the um, 
the display engine, the thing that controls the displays, like brightness and refresh and stuff like that is updated and it needs to do that to go down to one hertz and get super bright and stuff like that. Everything else is like, it's the A15, but like the, I bet the clock speeds go higher. So like the neural engine's the same, but they said 17 trillion operations. Well, the old was 15.8. It's probably just, you know, 10% higher clock speed, you know, something. Same. Oh, oh, the other thing uh, they mentioned when they were talking about the GPU, they mentioned 50% more memory bandwidth. That's not just for the GPU. It's one memory thing. So I bet they switched to LPDDR5 from LPDDR4X. All that means is more memory bandwidth, which is good for everything and lower power. And that's part of where they're getting some, some of their power savings. Yeah, it's a little, I think that we've mentioned a battery life, slightly better battery life all slightly around. Like, better battery like an life. hour, they they claim in their tech specs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something, an hour is something. No 5G improvements, really? Mm-mm. No, they didn't even mention 5G. Oh, the satellite stuff. We we forgot about the satellite stuff. Oh, yeah, that's for everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, the phones, not the watches. Oh, the phones, yes. That's true, not the watches. Um, and that's pretty much what we had heard. So what it what it does is if you're lost somewhere and you don't have any cell reception, you can turn on this mode and it'll kind of like direct you to a satellite. It'll show you where to point your iPhone so you can send a very slow message or make a phone call. No phone in call. An, in an emergency. Oh, you, oh, no, it's not a phone call? It is a text message that takes between 20, minute, 20 seconds and two minutes to send. Yeah. yeah. Not nearly enough bandwidth for even the worst phone call possible. Okay. Um, in fact, they made a new technology to to compress the data the data on the text message more, and it'll ask you questions ahead of time, like "Is someone hurt? Is this an injury? Is this you know common questions?" So that you can it format your message as briefly as possible, and then yeah, and then you have to hit send and point it at a satellite, and they built this whole interface to like keep it pointed at the satellite for the whole time it takes to send the message. Uh, it's cool. And it's really a service because if the emergency services accepts text messages, they'll get it. But if it doesn't, it goes to this intermediary who will get it and then contact emergency services for you and stuff. And it's using Global Stars like existing satellites and stuff. So it's those are all those are everywhere. This service is starting just in the US and Canada, but there's no reason it can't be global. They don't need like new permission for new frequencies or anything like that. It's free. It's free for two years. I don't know what that means after the two years. Yeah, I don't know if they know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they've come up with pricing yet, or maybe it'll just be part of like the uh like the VPN stuff. Not it's not a VPN, but like the thing to hide your your access and, and everything that it's it's if you have any iCloud storage payment, you get that. You know, maybe it'll be like that. Maybe they'll see how much it costs them, how much how much it needs to be used. But free for two years is like, well, but then what? Right. It would suck if it was part of like, oh, to continue your service, sign up for Apple One or something like right. that. That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, and I can't imagine they go through the carriers, but maybe they maybe they do. I don't know. I'm not sure how any of this really works. This mostly avoids carriers. Um, the the Global Stars like Sat Nav thing is not really tied to any particular carrier. Uh, cellular carrier and it doesn't even hit a cell tower right which is the point of it (laughs) you can't hit a cell tower yeah this is completely different than the thing t-mobile just announced with spacex where they're using 
Starlink satellites to provide cell service. This is not that at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is not at all really. That, those are much, much, much lower Earth orbit satellites, and they don't cover the whole planet yet. They're they're still launching them. They need second gen satellites, and that uses the five G's mid band frequency bands that T-Mobile has in the U.S. and some other places to provide the actual data. And it's, I don't think it's going to be used uh, and you can send any text you want and it'll be quick. It'll be millisecond. It doesn't take 20 seconds to send like one text message. They'll probably eventually do phone calls as well, but that is, and that's going to need new approvals in every country and all this other stuff, you know, cause it's using mid band. It's mid band 5g from low earth orbit satellites. This is like old satellite phones with those big honking antennas and stuff that they've had for years. This is using those satellites that are up there and have been for years. It's just, you don't need a big honking antenna and you can only send an emergency SOS type of message. Oh, you can do one other thing. You can manually update like on find my, you can go there if you're way out in a, on a mountain or something and you're not near a cell tower, you can manually update your find my location using the satellite thing. Um, just so that other people, when they say like, where is this person? They'll see you on find my, uh, you were talking about the carriers. Uh, so this phone is an eSIM only. Phone. Yeah. All of them in the U S yeah. Yeah. Um, somewhat, in the somewhat. US, it will not even have a SIM tray. Like that's how I upgrade my phones. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, as a as a phone reviewer, like I used to swap them out like sometimes daily. But obviously, that's a that's a very small niche issue. But more so, like I think of someone like my parents. Like I guess it's going to be easier because it's just going to be like you tap a button and it's it's activated and then you forget it. The nice thing like, about eSIM is, you know, for for the most people who get them from carriers and stuff like that, they're just set up. You don't have to do anything. They're going to find a way to charge you $30 for the same Oh, theme there's no anyway, question about that. But you don't have to do that. The cool that's a, thing- That's an activation fee, Jason. Yeah. They'll <laughs> find, they're going to find some stupid way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, still, we're, still pay, we're still paying that. But the cool <laughs> thing about it is if you want to switch cellular plans with eSIM, you can do that from home on yeah. Wi-Fi on your phone. You can be shopping around for plans. You can say, buy. You can sign up. And then you can just tap a few buttons and activate your eSIM right there at home. Nobody's got to mail you a SIM. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to talk to anybody on the phone. So it makes shopping around for different cell plans and getting them going on your phone way easier. There's also, I think, a big push from like law enforcement and stuff to push to this kind of thing because um, I think moving around SIMs and the data that can be stored on them and stuff has been kind of an issue. Um, there might be some people who frequently travel internationally who might not be uh, into this whole yeah. eSIM thing because some countries, like you said, this is U.S. only, and some countries are still using SIM cards. I don't, like, for instance, I'm on T-Mobile, and T-Mobile, but I'm on a plan where it, it automatically senses uh, a carrier and I guess they have partnerships internationally and it switches so I don't have to hassle with anything not that I, I didn't want to sound like I was an international jet set <laughs> well you're, you're you're more jet setting than I am <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, the last two times I traveled out of the country, I didn't even have to do anything because there was a, it was an automatic switch because T-Mobile has these plans. So I don't know how many other carriers do things like that. Well, you can have up to six six stored numbers or whatever it is um, on the new phones. It used to be it used to be one and one, one one physical one eSIM, I think. Now it's six, so I don't know if that helps though. It's with now what it's you're saying. dual, uh, at least in the US, it's dual eSIM, which means you can have two active numbers right that right. works just like the dual used to with the sim in tr- terms of your phone like which number am i calling from and stuff like that but then you can have other stored ones that you can switch to the thing that makes it tough is it used to be you could go it like if you travel internationally you could buy a prepaid sim and slap it in and it's like and it's got for four gigs and one month of voice and or whenever. And just- I can almost guarantee that within six months, those will be coming. Like once Apple does something like this, those things take off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they'll be that, like, so a, like, you scan a QR code and you get, you get the same thing you would have gotten from the, from the physical SIM. Exactly. I, for all I know, that stuff is already right. They do that. You know, it, it's the last two years of eSIM adoption has been quietly cruising along, you know? The, if you buy the UK version, it still has the nano SIM tray, and it's one nano SIM and one eSIM. So, or well, everywhere else, yeah, everywhere. It's just just the US. But for now, you, you absolutely know the iPhone 15 is going to add a couple other countries to the eSIM only, and mm-hmm. they're really trying to go this way. And I'm a little surprised Android phones haven't done this yet. Certain Android phones. Honestly, after all the leaks and all that other stuff, nothing here shocked me, but I am surprised and delighted by the whole dynamic island thing. Mm -hmm. Right. right. Like that was something we heard about them doing the whole punch in like two bits. And then we even got the thing with like, oh, they're going to connect them by blacking out the screen there and put like the recording indicators there. We're like, oh, that's fine. But then they just shocked at us all with like no no it's a whole dynamic ui thing that shows all your notifications uh, oh man that it i'm hoping that it's not just one of those things where i think it's so cool because i was surprised by it we never get surprised anymore yeah it was kind of like um when they demoed um i'm trying to play universal control is that what it was called that was yes. it right yeah that one was like whoa yeah just, it was the same thing. Like, oh my goodness, like that's so smart. I expected with this 48 megapixel thing to have 8K video recording. Not that anyone needs that. Like, <laughs> you don't need it. Yeah, Samsung's been doing that for, for a bunch of years and it just seemed like the kind of thing. But Apple is very kind of uh, meticulous about the features. Like, they don't bring you things that they're not, that are useless. And 8K video right now, unless you're like a high-end video person and you just want to shoot in the highest quality and then bring it down to 4K, but nothing really broadcasts or can really play 8K right now. I mean, there's yeah, there's some 8K TVs. They're insane. Just, yeah. Um, I will take the quality of Apple's 4K video over Samsung's 8K video any day. Any day. Apple's video quality has been... Yeah, and this action mode is going to make it even better. Like, yeah, there's no one can touch them in video. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 807. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to the audience. Thank you for tuning in. 
You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify, on Amazon Music, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time!